Hey, we're glad you're with us here online, Summer at Freeway Church. Uh, welcome to our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, we're always available via text or contact us uh, right online. You can find all the information here. So uh, glad you're with us and enjoy the message. Um, welcome everybody to Freeway Church. Welcome online. Glad that you're here as well. Today, I wonder if you've ever asked yourself this question. Are you ready? The question is, why am I so tired all the time? <laughs> Why am I so tired all the time? Why am I tired? Why am, I'm just so tired. Why am I tired all the time? Have you ever asked yourself this question? I think sometimes uh, we get to the point in our life where we just stop asking the question. We're like, this is just who I am now. I'm tired. I remember when I first had kids. I have three kids. And each in my timeline of my life, thinking back, there's just these five-month gaps I can't remember anything that happened. Uh, the kid was born, and then five months later, I, like, I have memories again. And I didn't even do that much. Alyssa did all the hard work. And I uh, still, I was so tired, right? When was the last time you were, like, so tired? Because you remember in school, trying to finish that paper or trying to get ready for that test, and you're, like, making all the wrong decisions, but you still want to study? You're tired, right? It gets pretty tired. And even right now, right? Perhaps last night, it was 10 p.m., and you were like, eh, I'll just watch one more episode. It's fine. I'll get it done. Man, a lot of times we find that we're tired. But today I'd like to explore why is it that we're tired all the time, or maybe even go past that into kind of the deeper areas of our life. Man, I, I wonder if we're tired, like, in a deep way. You know what I'm saying? Like, not just, I watched an extra show last night, but more like I have something that's, like, deeply, no matter how much sleep I get, I feel depleted or lack of uh, rest or, like, somehow, like, I am always, always tired. The Bible talks about this in lots of ways. And so I'd like to read to you Psalm 119. Uh, this not the whole chapter. That's a huge chapter in the Bible. But... The Psalms, if you've ever read the Psalms, they, uh, they mimic human emotions in a lot of cool ways. And so uh, this is a cool Psalm that talks about something that's important and, and can be like us. And so let me read it. Psalm 119, 81 to 88. I am, the psalmist is writing, I am worn out waiting for rescue. But I have put my hope in your word, right? The psalmist is writing to the Lord. I'm worn out waiting for your rescue, but I put my hope in your word. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? I am shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, but I've not forgotten to obey your decrees. How long must I wait? When will you punish those who persecute me? These arrogant people who hate your instructions have dug deep pits to trap me. All your commands are trustworthy. Protect me from those who hunt me down without cause. They almost finished me off, but I refuse to abandon your commandments and your unfailing love. Spare my life. Then I can continue to obey your laws. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word today, and thank you for this moment we have to inspect the inside of our life. Would you help us and meet us here to give us more strength and inner strength in who we are? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So here we have a verse in the Bible talking about a person being worn out. Being, why is this psalmist worn out? Look at the words. They're worn out waiting for God. I love the Bible because when you read the Old Testament, what, what the Old Testament's writing is, it's pointing to Jesus. 
So even in this psalm, it's wonderful. I'm worn out waiting for your rescue. In a lot of ways, Jesus is now available for a rescue in our life. But back then, this was pre-Jesus incarnate times. This is under the old covenant. This is a little bit different. And it worn out waiting, worn out waiting. You see, today uh, I'm going to speak a message about inner strength. Somebody say inner strength. Inner strength, yes. We're talking about inner strength today, and a lot of the content comes from John Eldridge and John Mark Comer, which are both people who write books, so they're fancy. And so we'll learn from them. And uh, when we learn about inner strength in our life, I wonder, like, why is it that so many of us are tired? If we zoom back before the pandemic, I think that most Americans were running on fumes as it is. We were tired all the time. We were trying to keep up with the daily pace of life, trying to handle this new wave of having electronics in our pocket all the time. It's only been 10 years since it's, since it's changed the face of humanity. And I believe that Americans were generally running on fumes in a deep way. Not like in a, I get my eight hours of sleep way, but in like in a soul, like deep way. Then the pandemic hits and then all of us are impacted in different ways. And I think a lot of times during that pandemic, it really affected us in ways that like are subconscious. And one of the ways that it affected us, and this is what I think, uh, this is my premise today, is that, is that I think that some of us were expecting God to do something, hear me, expecting God to do something, and it seemed like he never did it. That's, and that causes a lot of questions. I'm believing your promises, God, but they're not coming true. I'm believing for my son or daughter who's lost their way in the faith. Where are you in that, God? My spouse, this happened with my spouse. Uh, God, you prom- I thought this was a promise that would last forever. Where are you in that? God, this job that I was expecting to get promotion, not, nothing like that even happened. I even got, I got fired. I got let go. God, where was your faithfulness in that? And a lot of things happened over the pandemic that I think, and over the past few years of our life, that I think got us to question God. God, I thought you were bringing me this way. What happened? You see, there is a bit of worn out feeling when that happens, isn't there? A bit of like, God, are you real anymore? Questions that arise in the deep parts of who we are. And I think it's a problem that we're all facing right now in different ways. Not that I'm saying you're questioning God, but I am saying that you're probably more tired than you think you are. (laughs) Are you probably depleted in a way that maybe you don't understand fully? I know it is true for me as well. I know I had tired times of kids and tired times of, uh, you know, uh, when I was a student. But even as an adult, during transitions, moving to Albion, why are we we tired? What's going on under the surface? And so we're talking about that today because I think that it's important. We're going we're to talk about this idea of emotional capacity. What's your emotional capacity and how does it work? You see, we have a mental capacity. That's your ability to like read a book and have a sharp mind. Like you could like read a, read a book and you can carry a conversation that's like so smart. You're so smart, right? You can write. Writing is your a mental capacity. Some of you haven't read a book in a while. You're like, maybe, I don't know, I don't know. My mental capacity isn't so great. But that's okay. Like your mental capacity, you have your physical capacity, your physical life, like whether or not you lift weights or not, but, or how you eat or how you spend your energy, your physical life, right? Your mental, your physical life, your spiritual life. 
That's like you and your relationship with God, the times where soul to soul, God fills you up and you're reading the word and connecting with others. There's relational, there's all these different types of your life, but there's also an emotional life that you have. This has the parts of your life where it comes to the deep subconscious feelings that you have, like enabling to name your feelings, for instance, understanding what's going on under the surface, this type of thing. And I believe this idea of emotional capacity is so important that we're going to spend two weeks on this, this week and next week, to try to wrap our hands around why is it that we feel so tired all the time? Like, what is actually going on? So my... uh, mentor, Pastor Kurt, he lives in Boston. I worked with him for a long time. I I interned with him when I was 19 years old, and uh, I never worked harder in my life. Like he, what I would do in Boston, if you guys know I lived in Boston for five years, one of my jobs was I would host mission teams. So let's say we wanted to send a mission trip. Uh, They sent sent those students or adults to Boston. I would be the one who hosts them. And it would be my job during that mission trip to get them to do street evangelism and work projects and keep them hydrated, which was the hardest job of all, uh, and all all week long. And Pastor Kurt would go to us and say, say, hey, it's a team week. Don't stay up late and watch a movie. Hey, it's a team week. Cut back on the Red Bulls. Hey, it's a team week. You got to watch your energy. Drink water. And what he was getting at is that it's a, this week you're going to be there with these students all week long. It's like having a mission trip yourself, and you got to watch your emotional capacity. Later, he evolved this idea into this idea of uh, 168 hours in a week. You have emotional dollars to spend. So let me explain it this way. So here in my bag... I have $168, okay? They're singles, right? I went to the bank teller and I asked for 168 single dollars and she looked at me like, why? You know, and I was like, listen, it's for a sermon illustration. And then she was like, thank you for telling me. Like, here's, here's your dollars. And I was like, okay. Um, I tend to be like overly friendly in drive through scenarios. I don't know why. Um, anyway, so it's $168. And for your emotional life, each dollar represents one hour of your week. You have seven days. Seven times 24 is 168. So you get one dollar. So here, this is how it works. Uh, If everybody in the world, you get 168 emotional dollars to spend every week. So if you're getting up and you're brushing your teeth and hanging out with your family, maybe that costs one dollar right? Or maybe the next hour you're getting ready, you're at work, you're drinking your coffee, maybe that costs one dollar. Every hour of the week costs something, some hours cost more. You know this to be true because you have that one coworker who you know after that conversation, well, that costs you 15 bucks, you know what I'm saying? And their boss who seems to not understand how to handle situations, they cost Another 15 bucks. It was only an hour of your life, but it costs you a lot more emotions. Or maybe it's your friend at school who's a little crazy, or your mom who won't stop, you know, getting on you or whatever. Here, that costs another extra dollar. Over time throughout the week, each thing that we do costs more or less emotional dollars. The problem, of course, is do we have enough emotional dollars to last us the whole week? Because if we don't, by the time Friday comes or Saturday, we're not at our best, are we? And that argument that you've had with your spouse 10 times comes up again, and you're not at your best, are you? 
Because why? Because you're on empty. Because you've run out of emotional dollars. And so this idea of having an emotional bank account, essentially, or emotional dollars in our life is how we learn how to budget and manage our emotions. If you know Wednesday has a big meeting, Tuesday you get ready by managing your emotional dollars. You don't spend as much right? Me, I, I preach a sermon on Sundays. That costs me lots of emotional dollars, even though I'm always excited afterwards, right? It still costs me emotional dollars. It's not all negative things. It's positive things too. So on Mondays, I rejuvenate. I don't do emotional things on Mondays, right? You learn how to handle your emotional capacity. Now, here's the problem. In the beginning of the week, let's say the Lord gives you your $168. You're like, thank you, Lord. I'm going to spend this emotional money very well, Immediately, you have debts to pay. You have debts to pay. And can we get real this morning? I think it's okay with you if we're a little bit real about what's going on on the inside. Sometimes, maybe we have some unforgiveness in our life. And every other day, we think about that person. Guess what? That's a debt you got to pay. And then sometimes, we've had some situations in our life, maybe in our family or things that have happened in the past. You think about them every now and then, or maybe you even don't think about them, but they cost... They cost you emotional dollars. They're debts that need to be paid. And over the time of your life, you've developed more and more of these. Some of them you just hide away in your heart, and you never really realize they're there. But if you don't know, you don't know what's going on, they have to pay more and more debts. Then there are taxes, your emotional taxes you need to pay. Well, all of us grew up in a different world. Some of us have a world around us that, uh, you know, maybe we're not a white male in our, in our life. And that actually costs us dollars throughout the week because of how the world is different for me. And so we find ourselves being taxed and debted. And then some of us, because we're still paying back last week, we start Monday with no dollars left. And we wonder why we're never at our best. And we wonder why we never can actually handle what the world brings us. This idea of emotional capacity is, is, is important to understand because we have a role to play in it. We can pay off those debts. We can figure out the taxes. We can learn how to handle our emotional life. But if we don't ever learn or understand what's going on on the inside, we will completely, every week, you know, after a couple days, feel exhausted feel exhausted. Of course, this is a big problem because if you don't have emotional capacity left, you can't actually say yes to the things God is putting in your life. You can't say yes to your spouse or your kids like you ought to, or even say yes to the ideas. God's given you a business idea that Albion, our region, needs, and it may be an amazing business idea, but if you have no emotional capital left, it just stays an idea. Think about it, for instance, for th all these things in your life. You'd be like, I, I have so many good ideas that I can't get to happen. One of the reasons is because you've got emo no emotional dollars left. So we have to learn how to handle our emotional dollars well. If we don't, we will not steward the things God has given us and therefore never actually accomplish anything that's meaningful in this world. This is the problem that we face today. And I wonder for you, looking at your week, which areas of your life you can think, okay, yeah, I can fix that tax on my life. Or yeah, I can move some things around to spend those emotional dollars in different ways. But I also wonder in your life if there are things that you need to surrender to the Lord. 
Because you know that behavior that you do, that God has been on you about, actually costs you maybe a lot more than you'd like to think about. And you're stunting your growth. You're stopping yourself from accomplishing anything or more or being who God called you to be. We want you to be at your best, at your best. And so we're all facing this problem right now, being depleted, being tired. And it's in a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why. But this week, I'd like, to, just, I'd like to, to introduce this idea. And next week, I'd like to go deeper into the idea that the answer to our problems, though there are lots of answers, I wish I could explain all these things in one silver bullet, that one, one of the answers to these problems is hidden in Scripture. It's hidden in Scripture. And we can find it uh, in Ephesians 3. We're going to read this in just a second. Because I think that if we, are, if we want to have inner strength, somebody say inner strength. inner strength. Yeah, if we want to have inner strength in our life, man, we have to seek the Lord and find it for ourselves. So Ephesians 3, 16 through 20 says this. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources... He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. This is Paul writing to, to Ephesians and the churches there. And, and what is he saying right now? Empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Let's break it down really quick. One, God has somewhere glorious unlimited resources. Glorious unlimited resources. Like the Bible talks about this in a lot of ways, but he doesn't say glorious unlimited dollars, right? It doesn't say glorious unlimited fiats or Fords. No, resources. What does that mean? Uh, look, and one of the ways it could mean is what? Like, like emotional dollars. Could, could he have unlimited glorious emotional dollars in his life? I need to put this money away or I'm going to keep playing with it. Um, could he have that? glorious, unlimited resources. The second thing is he's going to empower you. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you. A lot of times in scripture, we find that in order to grow in our faith, we learn how to grow from faith to faith or glory to glory, or step by step, or a lot of times, three steps forward, two steps back, two steps forward, one step back, but overall net positive. We grow by these steps, or almost like building, um, building muscle. If you pick up a weight and build it, it's going to hurt, and it's going to strain, but over time, if you keep doing that thing, you're going to build your muscles up. A lot of times, we think of growth this way, but that is not how this verse is explaining growth. This verse says, empower you. This is an impartation. The word impartation is a Christian word, I think. No, it's, I don't know if it is. We, we say it in Christian circles. Impart means to bestow upon you knowledge, to give upon you something, to impart, to give something to you. And so this idea, this empower you, is not a process. Hear me. It's not a process. It's a I'm going to give it to you situation. Here it is situation. Here's $168. Take it or leave it. Like this is, this is what God, this is good news because if he has glorious unlimited resources, he's going to empower us with you. He's going to empower you with inner strength, inner strength. So if you ask yourself, what does the Bible have to do with emotional capacity? It's right here. Throughout scripture, it talks about inner strength, 
and talks about strength that's inside of you, that's your emotional capacity. That's your capacity to handle chaos. That's when something happens at work and all the people are freaking out. You stand firm knowing that there is a plan. You're going to get through this. There's a new day tomorrow and everybody else is going crazy. And you're like, listen, guys, calm down. We got this. Why? Because you have inner strength. You do. And the best part is he will empower you with inner strength through who? Through his spirit, through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity, and it's Trinity, and it's how God impacts and walks with us day to day. It's the part of who God is that impacts our hearts and actually dwells in us. He dwells in us. So how do you get inner strength? He gives it to you through his Holy Spirit. Verse 17 says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. As we end today, Alyssa, you can come up. I wonder for each one of us if we need some inner strength in our life. Next week, we're going to talk about growing deep in, in God, right? That's the verse there. It says, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. That's what we're talking about next week. But this week, we're talking about the first part of this chapter, and it's the fact that God will empower you with inner strength. I know for a lot of us, it's not just, uh, God, would, God, would you give me more emotional dollars? I know we, listen, I know we wish it would be that simple, but we know that the taxes that come the first day of the week, it doesn't matter how much emotional dollars God gives us, we're gonna be spent right away because we got holes in our bucket. We got problems. We got these debtors we gotta pay, right? We got things that we need to take care of. Things that have entered in our life that have never should have entered our life are sucking our, our strength away. I read this verse in the very beginning uh, at the end of worship, it's from Isaiah chapter 40. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak, listen, and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. This isn't just Paul in Ephesians, it's written throughout scripture, this idea that God will empower you with new inner strength. So when is the last time that you slowed down to be with Jesus? Where you let your soul meet his soul, where the deep parts of you were refilled. I'd like to take a moment today to do that. Alyssa's gonna sing a song, and uh, hun, you gotta sing it like, not all the words, you know, like you're just slow, they, everybody, no one knows the song. Some people might know the song, okay? But like you gotta, we're, we're gonna worship God in the moment. So if you wanna skip the verses or just slow it down or spread it out, you can. Make sense? Okay, she's looking at me like, what? Uh, 
Um, because during this song, I want you to seek the presence of the Holy Spirit, seek God, like the Spirit of God, like the verse talks about, so that he may empower you. That's what we're gonna do. So if you wanna sing the song, you can, but really the idea is beyond words here. It's your soul meeting God. Like it's, you're just available and open. Really, if, if I'm being really practical with you guys, it's just removing distractions from your life right now and just slowing down to think about Jesus. And so during this time, we're gonna do that. But before we stand up, I wonder for some of us, that this verse is an amazing verse, this, he will empower you with his spirit. But the real context here has to do with salvation. It has to do with salvation. It has to do with this idea that if you invite God into your life and you trust him, you will be saved. You'll be rescued. You will be, you know, there's no more waiting. God will rescue you. This idea. And I wonder for some of us today, if we've got, kind of lost track of that, we've, we've just lived our lives and we've kind of lost track of the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in us, we trust him. And so if everybody would stand up with me, we're gonna end together. Why am I so tired all the time? Well, there's lots of reasons. But we know in scripture that you can have new strength, amen? New strength. So if you're in the room today, if everybody would close your eyes and bow your heads, if you're in the room today, and you have a little bit too many debts to pay. You've got a little too many things eating away your emotional capacity and you want God to help you start to tackle them, pay them off, be done with them. If that's you, would you raise your hand? If that's you in your life, you have more debts to pay. Okay, you can put your hands down. If you're in the room today and you're thinking to yourself, man, I just need to trust God. I need to invite God into my heart and, and trust that and commit that God would be, that, that God would save my life, that I would trust him. If that's you in the room, would you raise your hand? If you're like, I'm at that place, you can put your hands down. And then if you're in the room today and you need inner strength, more strength, would you raise your hand? Okay, great. Thank you guys. Put your hands down. You can look up at me. Don't let this time slip by. Trust that God can do more in a moment than in a whole lifetime. And as much as we work hard to find and to grow and to build our muscles with Jesus and the sanctification and all this stuff, we work hard, but God can still do more in a moment. And so during this time, I want to encourage you to pray and sing with Alyssa. If you'd like to come to the altars and make a commitment before the Lord, you can pray down here. I'd love to pray with you as well. You can come talk to me. But wherever you're at, take these next few moments and focus on God. And then I'll come back and pray. Hey, thanks for joining us online. Hey, our online family is important and we pray for you. So tell us how we can pray for you and uh, drop us an email or text us and we'll be able to get to know you a little more. Uh, either way though, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.